0: Around the NFL Podcast. Needs more followers on Instagram. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined in a room filled, a virtual room, I should say, filled with some heroes, Greg Rosenthal. And this is a real treat, everybody. Um, We have a new contributor on the show. He's a Connecticut native. Uh he spent some time in England as a youth. He supports, get this, the Cleveland Browns. Everybody give it up for Mark Sessler. Make him feel at home. Mark Sessler, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Woo! thanks
1: for having me. I really I appreciate the chance to come on and um, you know, talk with you guys today.
0: Means a How lot. are you, buddy?
2: I'm
1: good. Where you been? I not, How are you doing? Um, well, I didn't mean to have this like um prolonged absence because there was a show that I was supposed to do. Um Somewhere in the middle of this wilderness, and I'd come home um, from a trip at the same time as my children, and like my, you know, it is one of my children got a terrible like twenty four hour bug, and like I woke the next morning, the day of a show, and was felled physically. I mean, I had like like heavy motion sickness, and then I said, I you know, the minute I texted you guys saying because I was then leaving again on a on my second vacation the next day, and I thought the minute I texted these guys and told them. I legitimately am not feeling well and I really wasn't. It's like no one is gonna believe me. Um they're gonna think that I'm basically just like eradicating this one little work event in the middle of these two weeks off, but that was not the case.
2: It was one of the worst days of my adulthood. I promise you that. It's just it, it's just a weird coincidence that these twenty four hour bugs almost always hit right on the cusp of a vacation to extend it on the front end or the back end. It's just it's that is just not coincidental. True. It's coincidental. <laughs>
0: How about that, that is- Mark? There is some there are some breadcrumbs pointing in that direction, but you say that's completely a coincidence over the years.
1: I don't know if, I don't you you need to provide facts about over the years. <laughs> I can comment only on the most recent um, occurrence. But had I come on, it would not have been a pleasant experience for, for me, for you or anyone listening. So How I about think I for was a doing this Because what?
0: certainly I would never besmirch you, Mark, and um, and come after your integrity. Uh, and say Never. that Mark is faking illnesses uh, to extend vacations, but is there a possibility that the body, Mark's mind, willing to grind out a summer, uh podcast in the in this little bubble of vacation time, but the body conspires to shut things down? It's voluntary. I can't speak to that. I can't speak to that.
1: I, I like the like the part of me that was conscious was hoping to do the show, um, but maybe there are deeper forces.
0: Well, we're glad to have you back. That's all that matters. Sessler's back. Rosenthal's here. Steady as a rock. Rocks don't move. They stay right where they are. What if the and studio the moves? Greg
1: is, Greg is stuck right where he is. We have to carry him with us.
0: The old Zeuser's here, too. Tugboat, here to pull things along. Towards training camp, Just coming up. It's about to open. A couple teams. Steelers and Cowboys, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I mean, it was only—it's been a month. We 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 haven't done a show all together since right before Tybee, or no, right after Tybee. Uh, that's only been one month. I mean, give us a break. I yeah, mean, so am I am I harping on the television no. show that Greg missed? But I, I
1: was present for that, and I put in a yeah. you know a, a yeoman's effort, if that's the term you want to use.
2: <laughs> Speak to that, Greg. Yeah, he's right. I mean. Um... I I I just it just is funny. You know it's funny to I'm glad though cuz you look great. I think we all needed it. We of course we didn't mind at the time but the, these shows they they move along. They're off season shows. I want to have the best mark and you look fit. You look um you have a glow about you and you're wearing like a a a beautiful Hawaiian type shirt that reminds me of one of our old bosses um that got swept out in a scandal from the NFL but you know. Which you're one? Right. You got like to be more specific. <laughs>
1: Well, no, that gentleman, I don't like that he co-opted um, this type of fashion. Because right, it's the Reed. only it looks thing like an I Andy think Reacher. of, too. It looks like an it Andy is. Is. And yeah. He's yeah. one of the
2: greatest men we, we, we've we met. So there you go.
0: Yes, there's a floral component to Mark's button down, and he looks refreshed. We're ready to roll. we got a nice show coming up today. We're going to take a chance on ourselves and our ability to prognosticate in the National Football League today um, with some high stakes. We're going to guarantee i i got i had two names in mind i think we go around the horn twice and and uh that's like playing a little bit of russian roulette uh to be honest with you because coming up later today we will guarantee a player having the best season of his career at the risk of our own lives whoa we if we're not right it's over johnny how about that for stakes coming back from vacation, Sizzler? Well, I mean, we came up with this segment
1: about eighteen minutes before the show, so it feels <laughs> like we've you know, the, uh, maybe we could look back at a bit of a hasty decision if one of our players, you know, uh, sprains a knee in week
2: six and is out for. On On one hand, like it's it's dark. On the other, if you told me like. Colin Coward did this as a segment. I'm suddenly invested um, in that player throughout the season and a little more invested in Coward. Um, so I think it's going to be effective, Dan, uh, as like, you know, this is your idea, as a, like sort of a producing mind, this is how you lock people in for the next seven months. Right, we start you need this stakes,
0: journey. and that's yeah. what we have. There are stakes. Our lives are on the line. Uh, so we'll come up with some names there and uh, hope for the best. But before that, let's do some news, shall we? I've never been able to know why. Uh, that not just that, but anything else. <laughs> Thought that works better context free. I'll never know why I effed that up. Uh you know, it's been twenty five years since the Cowboys have been in the Super Bowl, so Jerry Jones, it could go in any number of directions. I believe that's his relation he was referring to his relationship with Jimmy Johnson. It was, yeah. The the uh, head coach who we won all those Super Bowls with in the nineties, but uh always interesting what's going on with Dallas, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But let's start with some unfortunate injury news uh, because Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported, and this has been confirmed, that Cam Akers, the hyper-promising second-year running back for the Rams, has suffered a torn Achilles tendon while training. Really, there aren't too many injuries that are worse than that for a running back, a game that is driven on speed and explosiveness and Achilles injury is really devastating. So he will be out for the year. And for Sean McVay and the Rams, Mark, uh, this one really hurts because Akers looked like a guy who could potentially anchor that backfield uh, in a big year, transition year for the organization on offense with, of course, Matthew Stafford in town. Now they got to figure out what to do without Akers. Huge setback here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you could look at Cam Akers as someone that was a candidate to lead the league in rushing um, and fit really. I'm just he's in the mix, I would say. And, you know, that is a huge loss for them. Daryl Henderson. I like Daryl Henderson. I think if you go back and look, um, you know, he's obviously going to be the starter at this point. You go back and look what he did early in the year. Um, Week two against Philadelphia had a nice game. Week three, he exploded for 114 yards. That was a game where they did not have Malcolm Brown. They did not have Cam Akers. Um, I thought he looked good in that game. I mean, he's had some up and down injury scenarios himself. I think he missed about four games. But the rest of the roster, I mean, Xavier Jones, he's undrafted. He has no um, NFL experience, but they're saying that he may have a bigger role. Um, I like this guy, Jake Funk, and I just want to let you know that – Yesterday I was digging a little bit into the uh, seventh rounder Jake Funk, and it, uh, no, none other than Spice Rack um, wrote me to say that he is in quotes very bullish on his ability mm. to stick in the league, and that he was in a group of um, football fans and gamblers who thought who said that Jake Funk caught their eye and kept impressing. So a little bit of a wild card <laughs> wow. um, man crush scenario, but
2: I think that the other news is like they're not going to go re-sign. Wait, a second, Todd it's been Burley. a little while. Um... You know, before you get to the second point, that you've had like a crush on a white running on a white running back. Oh wait, no, I know no, it's every year. You always that it's not exclusive to that subset. It's called the Toby but... Gerhardt Memorial Mark Sessler <laughs> love affair. It's fair. I mean, you guys, you
1: guys continue to track past actions here with no, um, with very little documentation. But uh, that one seems accurate. Um, but I'll pass it off to you, Greg. But no, uh, no, Todd Gurley going back
0: to L.A.
2: Oh yeah, I saw when like Eric Dickerson. Was like right. they got a sign, and people, people just Hey, Eric
0: Dickerson, you are one of the greats of your era. Can you just pipe down a little bit? Every time I see Eric Dickerson in the in the news, it's him telling people the way things should be. The Rams uniform should be this way. The Rams should be doing this. The Rams should be doing that. The Rams shouldn't have done this, but they should have done this. Hey, Eric, <laughs> pipe down, bud. You got to have other adventures going on. You're one of the great running backs in the league history. Just Take it easy. Go ahead. He
2: likes getting the pop. Them coming back to LA was big for him and they definitely like use him a lot. He seems like, I feel like I've never been to a Rams game and not seen him around. So that's, (laughs) that's good. Uh, that, when people threw that out, I was like, oh, I don't think they realized how well, first, just how that ended. Like there was no way the Rams were remotely interested, I don't think, in bringing Todd Gurley back. We'll see if he gets a job. They said they're not going to bring in a veteran, which you know, makes sense right now because what's the rush? You get a, get a look at your boy funk, uh, get a look at Xavier Jones, who was a guy who was on their roster last year who got no run, but at least they've talked up. But Henderson is a guy who's so fast and explosive, but like does not try to avoid tackles in any way that he, he seems like destined to be hurt. And he has been hurt this off season and McVay's gone out of his way to almost always call him a change of pace, sort of immediately putting him in that role that like, we want him to be the explosive guy off the bench. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do bring in a guy like Duke Johnson at some point. I'm surprised he's out there. Adrian Peterson. I don't know, but they'll, they'll get, they'll look at the young guys first.
0: Remember CJ Anderson a couple of years ago, we were at a playoff game where he was the hammer. Uh, against the Cowboys in a win, someone tweeted at him. He's a free agent right now. I don't know what CJ Anderson. Right, and people right. like bring that up, to. and they're
2: like, "Look, they were fine when um, Todd Gurley went out." It's like, yeah, they were fine until they got totally stuffed in the NFC Championship, and then got stuffed even worse in the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's like this running game hasn't been great. Uh, right. Relatively, it had a little up uh, note last year towards the end, especially. But the offensive line, like. You know, they believe in their offensive line, but on paper it doesn't look great.
0: CJ said, nah, brah, I'm good. So it looks like his football (laughs) days are behind him. We just talked about this on Monday's show that there were some notable names out there on the veteran market, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, uh, who we talked about more in depth on Monday, Duke Johnson, all out there, but uh, we'll see. The Rams might think they're okay now, but we'll see where they are in week one. I mean, got a long way to go still. In other news 49ers are doing business with fred warner that seems like a good idea he signs an extension valued at over 95 million dollars almost 41 million of that guaranteed he passes bobby wagner uh at nearly 20 million 19 million as the highest uh paid per year linebacker in football and uh, that's a huge uh uh, lockdown for the Niners. Greg, you know, this salary cap thing is always tough to kind of figure out. And it keeps on going up and it will continue to go up, uh, COVID-19 related issues notwithstanding. But the Niners have a lot of money tied up with star players and you wonder if that's going to cash strap them down the line. But for now, you lock up one of the best players in football on the defensive yeah, side of Yeah, most of the
2: deals, they like Get pretty flexible after two years, you know, including this one. And uh, Warner's obviously were I think he was the best middle linebacker in football last year. I mean, he he was that good. And it became sort of a trendy thing to de-emphasize off-ball linebackers. You know, Warner plays middle linebacker, and, and they they somewhat fit into this. But like a lot of teams, just they don't spend any money. They don't care about off-ball linebackers. Like we're gonna spend on the secondary and pass rushers, which is like that makes sense. But it is so hard to find a linebacker that is good on all three downs now because everyone is spreading you out with four receivers, and you have to have linebackers that can cover, and Warner can do it all. And you look at some of these first-round picks at at these positions, Patrick Queen, Isaiah Simmons, whoever, and they're like losing their team's games because it's so hard to cover guys in the league. So if you find someone who's an absolute superstar like Warner is, like – I I think you're thinking about it too too hard if you're not putting major resources when you have like a top five guy like Warner. I'm with you. I mean, he can do so much. And, you know, I go back to when, you know, I was young and first started
1: watching football in the like the mid 80s. And your middle linebackers were dudes who had like gigantic shoulder pads and were thumpers. I mean, they were it was different. And Warner can you know, he's been the number one graded cover linebacker since 2017 he's pffs number one player under age 25 you know he played um a hybrid linebacker slot corner role at byu and i think people thought well maybe that won't translate he was a third round pick but it totally has, and he gives the Niners so much flexibility on defense. Um, he's been ultra reliable; he hasn't missed an entire game. I mean, leads them in tackles year after year, and there's just like highlight after highlight of him, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield, getting into a receiver's face aggressively and breaking up a pass. So there aren't that many guys like him. He's totally worth the contract.
0: Darius Leonard with the Colts could be next. We continue to hear whispers on that uh, on that front. As well. And to the point um, that I was making about the Niners, and this from David Lombardi over at the Athletic, this 49ers regime, that's uh, Lynch and Shanahan, has now awarded four positional record contracts in its four plus years at the helm Garoppolo in 2018, George Kittle in 2020, Trent Williams in 2021, Fred Warner in 2021. And that tight end, left tackle, linebacker grouping, uh, obviously Warner still stands. The other two still stand as well as the highest contracts at those positions. Mm. So cap Kepa. I don't
2: think any of those are bad. The Garoppolo seemed a little like early, but calling that the most, it, it depends. You know, it depends on how you slice. Yeah, it those. was a little and, tricky. And his, his was fine. His was. <laughs> but
0: fine. Keep, yeah, keep him out of that because that muddles up the point. The other three Mondo deals that still stand in the market. I'm
2: suddenly, I'm suddenly like thinking they are due for some luck. And uh, you know, we have a long time to preview this season, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about. Simone Sessler's 49ers this year. I feel like they're going to be coming back. Well, let her know. I don't
1: think she's tracking it on any level, so... (laughs) You know,
0: where's her fandom stand? Is it higher or lower? Dan since keeps the Kaepernick in touch with her account? a lot, you know, closer Constantly. than I do, really. So. Yeah, I know
1: Dan and Dan and Simone have something. I'm not quite sure what's happening there. But like, um, <laughs> no, I, I think her fandom sort of starts when the casual fandom begins for other people, when the games begin. I don't think she's, right. you know, right. re, she doesn't. I've checked her phone. She has a lot of apps, potentially too many. Um, but I don't see like the old um, vestiges of the Roto World app on there or anything uh, of that sort. Wait, how often are you checking her phone?
2: Yeah, like, that's What a little... are you? What are you board. checking?
1: Well, she gave me the code words to get into her phone, which I don't use. But she did. But I like in reverse. I would never not that you know. There's just no reason. I don't care at all. But I,
0: I, that's not a two way street. She gave me the code words to get into her phone. What is her phone model? What is this thing?
1: Well, just the pat. Lafort, the four. The four digits. Oh, the digits. Oh, the yeah, digits. the four digit pat. What? It, what? It, I mean, what? You know, it seems I like. Think, I by be, the way, the, what you? Mark
2: sliced off a, a a bit of her thumbprint while she was sleeping and uses it to. That's to get true. In.
0: <laughs> Keeps it under one of those like uh, glasses that they use for microscopes, um, th- and that's smart. By the way, that don't look too closely at um, Simone and I's relationship. Four twenty three eighty babies, we have a tight bond. I'll leave it at that.
1: Can I tell you real fast that um, yes. she's been really deep into this like online lineage thing, and we discovered she and I are are um, tenth cousins, however you want to say it. Hmm. Which really got on my radar and very much concerned me, but I guess it actually dates back to like the the middle four hundreds in Europe. So I, it hmm. seems like a lot of people would maybe be be in that same boat, but um, a concerning um, asterisk it's on very, our
0: relationship. Uh, how very Game of Thrones of the Sesslers,
2: right? Minus the kingdom, I could see that you know, if like if Mark shaved and put on a wig and stuff, there's some similarity here. There
0: <laughs> certainly is not. I can't say that. But that I think you're That's okay. Weird. I wouldn't. I wouldn't draw up the divorce papers just on the grounds of.
1: Well, we've already we've already yeah. crossed
0: too many thresholds to even you know. There's nothing to exactly. prevent at this point. A little late in the game. Right. All right. In other news, Oh I mean, I wonder if the, is there more to the Aaron Rodgers story? Because with each passing update. I feel like he's becoming uh, less and less the good guy here. I'm, I'm, I mean, this is this is pretty wild. According to Adam Schefter on Twitter, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year extension earlier this offseason uh, that would have kept him in Green Bay for the next five years, which you know puts him into Tom Brady age range if he played out the contract. And the extension would have made him the highest-paid player in football. And Rodgers rejected the offer obviously and he continues to although he hasn't really spoken about it other than that one scott van pelt espn sports center thing at all we had said on this podcast like there's so many things in sports and life that it ultimately goes back to the money and you offer the money then then that should take care of it well if this offer was as good as the packers want that want people to believe then Rodgers is continuing to make this more than about the money. Still mad that they took a quarterback. And at, at what point are you just being a jerk? At what point? At what I, point?
2: I don't put anything into this one. I'm going to push back on that. Okay. Well, I don't know how it got out. You know, it could come from the team side. It come, could come from both sides. They you know if if Rodgers wanted to show that like it's not about the money it's principles like who knows maybe his side i i don't really know but this means nothing to me that he turned down an offer like everyone in the league including Darius Leonard we just mentioned or whatever is like has turned down offers this summer that's called a negotiation you go you go back and forth and it really means nothing without knowing what the guaranteed money is and what the structure is you know saying that he's the highest paid guy in the league cuz you tacked on a bunch of like phony years at the end and then Release that to the media. That means nothing. If Do you they... think that's
0: what the Packers did, I mean, we don't know one way or the other. But that feels like something that would be uncouth to to give him a phony offer. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is very getting possible phony that offers. there
2: was very little guaranteed money past this year. So if that was the offer, and let's say it was kind of like Tom Brady's last deal with the Patriots, where it's like, we'll give you a little bit into the second year. Yeah, but you're
0: speculating just as much as anybody else right now. We have no idea what the offer is. I get it,
2: but that's what I mean. Like, without knowing that, it means nothing to me, because that's very likely. If you look at, like, the Breeze and and Brady final contracts, and even, like, the Rivers type ones, like, that's what happened usually. Like, you give him, like, a little extra guaranteed into a second year, and like, so what? He rejected that. Why is this coming out? I would
1: just go back to, like, Aaron Rodgers has been talking about breaking away from the Packers for, like, 18 months at this point. I mean, really since that last draft. I mean, it's this is not even a new topic, but we are in a weird territory. I mean, outside of, like, Carson Palmer, there aren't that many quarterbacks, you know, in late July who are essentially just staging total uncontrolled, like, psychological warfare with their team. I mean, maybe the Packers know more than we do, but essentially, like... Ian Rappaport came on NFL Network and said, I don't know anything. We don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen a week from now or four weeks from now. And I think the weirdest scenario is if he suddenly just shows up after all this drama. Like, why did this happen? So, I mean, to me, it's like if you're suddenly going to, if it was just about money, you could have done this with a lot less pomp and circumstance and headlines and frankly, like disenfranchising a super loyal Packers fan base. I mean, what good came from this if he's going to suddenly show up a
0: fortnight from now? I don't know. I don't want to go too hot takey on this. I just but I I just feel like it's either report to the team and stop being such a huge distraction for a team that's right there, right there to get back to the Super Bowl or retire. Or you know, walk away and and let the team move on. But the way this is playing out is just I don't know, man. I want to fire it into the sun. I want to fire it up there with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and, and, and but I can't because we do an NFL podcast and he's the reigning MVP. Uh, the, the whole thing is it's just ponderous, man. As Casey Kasem once said, "Ethan ponderous." We'll forgive you if you know. We'll
2: forgive everything. The Packers fans will too. If he just shows up and nothing, you know, and right. you're right, we'd be
0: like, why would we waste our time? But that would be better than the alternative. Which and is it won't. The there won't be continuing. any bad blood for anybody after that. It will be over, and you just move on. It's not too late. Uh to stop this Met.
1: But I, I would still be a little, I'm not going to like, I will, I'll keep it inside, but I'd still be a little annoyed at, at what he did um, <laughs> over the last couple of months. It seems completely unnecessary and it involved thousands of people who are annoyed.
0: And us. That includes us. Yeah. Most importantly, it includes us. Um, COVID-19. That includes us. We're all connected to this, which is another ponderous thing. Can't get on the same page about this? There's medicine for this and we can't get on the same page? <laughs> Tom Palacero reports, the NFL just informed clubs that if a game cannot be rescheduled during the 18-week schedule in 2021 due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players, the team with the outbreak will forfeit, forfeit, my friends, and be credited with a loss. That's huge. Uh, More from the memo, uh, which also says the team responsible for a canceled game because of an outbreak among unvaccinated players slash staff, will be responsible for financial losses, own, and subject to potential discipline from the commissioner. Uh, Greg, it's the NFL has got the iron fist. They're never afraid to wield it, and it really feels like they are. Listen, it's a free country. You make your decisions based on how you feel. That's one of the bedrocks of the nation, and it's a great thing. But in the case of this situation, with uh, the health of the players and the fans and everything on the line here, Iron Fist is coming down and saying, get vaccinated or else. Yeah, they're doing what they can. And this was in a four page memo where
2: with a lot of other stuff where almost nothing was in bold type and this little two sentence thing was like in bold type. So it was like, hey, um, giant CEO, don't don't miss this sentence. And on one hand, it sounds scary and it makes total sense. They're not going to extend the season. They're already extending the season. On the other hand, if this was the rule last year, no one would have forfeited a game and you would hope things won't be worse this year. Now, is it an indication that the league might not bend over as backwards? You know, the Steelers kind of got the short end of it where they're playing like Wednesday to Tuesday and it was like never on them. Maybe they wouldn't bend over as backwards to help out the team that's in trouble this year. But if you just look at it, they never they never had to reschedule. They did get in all the games last year. So there, it's very, I would say it's pretty unlikely that, that they would have to use this rule. I think part of it, I mean, if, I don't, from, from our
1: angle a little bit too, knows? and if you're the teams, it's like you're waking <laughs> up, remember waking up every morning, um, and the first thing you do was check, you know, league news to see which player got COVID. And it's like if you can get to the point where you reduce that by 90-something percent, um, it it takes what I think, it was a sinister element added to the season for obvious reasons, but there was no vaccine and no solution. So the league did everything they could um, maybe even to the point of critique of getting the season through. They pushed it through. Now it's like we have a functional way to r- reduce all that nonsense. And if you have 30% of players saying, I don't want to be part of that solution, then it's like, look, it, you're working for a company. This isn't you out in a field hanging out with your friends um, making those decisions. You're part of a massive billion-dollar company. Play by the rules or pay the fine.
0: And this Delta variant, uh, which is causing issues, big issues and it's going to continue to cause issues. So I don't know how, you know, we're seeing breakthroughs all over the place. Our own Rich Eisen, the face of NFL network. He, uh, he posted last week on Instagram that he had uh, contracted COVID, even though he had gotten his two shots, Um, big Yankees fan, Aaron judge and several Yankees. Some of them who had the vaccine, uh, they tested positive or currently on the injured list as a result. Uh, So, I mean, I think it would be, it's just, it's overly um, hopeful, I think, to expect, oh, well, last year was last year. 2020 was a mess. 2021 is going to be much better because we're seeing, we're seeing things that we still don't understand. And it's very scary. And the Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about one of those teams connected to COVID. Um, you have to get to over an 85% vaccination threshold. Uh, the team and the, I guess it's not just the players. Is it all personnel? That I'm not totally clear on. No, but it's the players. Players yeah. specifically, 85% the vaccination.
2: The personnel were all like close to 100% yeah. back. Yeah, it's back, like n- know, high most 90s. teams.
0: If you hit 85% as a team, you're able to go about your business in a, a much less restrictive way. The Cowboys will open training camp under stricter um, COVID-19 protocols because they did not reach that 85% threshold. Jared Jones um, did one of his pressers on Wednesday, he had this to say about where the Cowboys are in uh, this realm. We have out of our 90 players here, we have a handful that, in my mind, have uh, still to uh, commit to this. A handful, We're to hand, and a hand is five. And on, and that's, that's iffy in that several of, in my mind, of that finger of five. Are uh, on their way to uh, potentially having their vaccine. Wait, what? My biggest takeaway there is, so a handful is five. The Jared just—I never knew that that was what a handful is. And then he, he said, like each, up, so. each finger can count's a person. Like I didn't know a finger is a person. He's breaking news to me. That's developing news. Handful. Well, let's five. say you took
1: a handful of M and Ms. That's not five. No, so I think he's. I, I don't know. That's that's Jerry Jones's math. Jerry Jones, who spent. Um, you know, sixty-one minutes opening the press conference. From what I could calculate, <laughs> then at one point, well, that, remember that, that his true? head coach he
2: for sixty-one
1: minutes. Uh, this thing, I was actually. This is one of these weird days where I was tracking NFL Network in my house. This went on. Forever, like I saw the sun like moving. <laughs> Why do you always watch NFL
0: Network on the one day the Cowboys know. have a ninety-minute press back, conference? He was like, "I'm
2: back from vacation. <laughs> well, I'm doing I NFL. I, like, I, I want to see what's in. going like a, on. We right, got the TV like, show Friday. They're in Oxnard. Like their training camp is starting. We're taping this on Thursday. They have their first practice today. So football is back.
1: What? But one little note about that. Like after <laughs> he went on that. and on, and it really was like the most Jerry. We already saw it during the Dak Prescott extension press thing, where it was just like. Who is this guy? But at like 60 minutes in, he remembers that his head coach, Mike McCarthy, is actually there and sitting next to him. And he just turned to him. He's like, coach, coach, uh, would you like to make any introductory statements? And Mike McCarthy is like about to talk. And then NFL Network Network's like, let's go to commercial. But we'll be right back. This is your head coach. <laughs> This is a very of the strange gig. setup. That's adults.
2: that. That is the job. Uh, I love it. I, I love it. And I gotta I,
0: say, it's been Mike McCarthy's been in the wilderness for a couple of years now. He was out of the league after getting fired by the Packers. He had that hatchet job, the hit piece on him, and I think uh, some publication uh when he was like getting a massage during team meetings. He gets a job <laughs> with the Cowboys. The team sucks last year. He gets more fire this year. He's got like the George Michael Faith beard. And the aviators on. He's got like a pair of $800 aviators on. And I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, middle-aged Mike McCarthy, you're you're showing the rest of us heading that direction that you could still look a little. <whistles> yeah. Well,
2: that's your type of guy, you know. I mean, a little <laughs> big, overrated, big, um, big big but uh, I'll guy. Guy. accept <laughs> He looks
1: fine. I don't – this isn't like, you know – I'm not about I to like know. center i'm not about to like you know like station like a, tri- a movie trilogy around him or anything but you know he's, he's, he's... they are
2: loving they are loving this extra week of coverage though i think they volunteered to do the the hall of fame game every year just so jerry can get like a full uh, uh, week oh yeah <laughs> no other podcast is tracking this mccarthy glow up story ricky did
0: you this isn't you're not into these sorts of things um bear, bearish males <laughs> in their 50s but I want to ask you a question. Did you see Mike McCarthy in the beard with the aviators?
1: Uh, Yeah, I did. And I didn't make any of those noises you were making. I never (laughs) want to hear you make those noises again.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm, mm. What
1: are you, the Kool-Aid man?
0: (laughs) Just take a look. Everybody pause the podcast, pull up a picture of that press conference, and tell me that Mike McCarthy isn't doing something right. He how about the, is it he's doing something better than Mike the
1: unshaven Mike McCarthy like of old in Green Bay where there clearly the you know there are some issues going on there. The
0: nude Mike McCarthy on the massage table in his office that guy. Yeah, better I than think, that guy. Right.
1: Better
2: than that right incarnation.
0: That. All right. Um anyway, Jarrah, 85%. Good luck with that. It just seems
2: like he's wearing sunglasses. That's basically what what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> it does make him look cooler. Uh, he just looks better. <laughs> he's got I mean, a nice beard. He's got a nice He beard.
0: feels like he's got there's there's some something to come in his his life. It, not everything's in the rearview mirror. And some people think that about Mick McCarthy like he had the street name to, uh, for him outside Lambeau. He won the titles. He had all those runs and and now this is kind of the epilogue, you know. This is the the elderly lion out hmm. in the safari uh, out in the safari being you know, waiting for the I mean, he's an end.
2: offensive guy, and this is the, you know, I don't know if any of those Packers team had as much talent as this Cowboys team does on offense.
0: There he is. That's a, that, that is not a lion in winter. That is, that is a man that has more to accomplish. He kind of looks like late-period George Michael. Like, right uh, you, before do, you things do went. You have that right. When things went really south for George and in Pease, uh, it was like, all right, this guy is plugged in. I mean, he better have like 11 wins in his future, or he's not
1: going to be sitting up on that podium next summer. Oh, Dan come on. He's going to show up.
2: Dan is, he's still in Texas. He's coming back next week. He's going to show up for our first like <laughs> network show back in LA with the aviators on, with a nice beard, with, with a cowboys hat, weirdly. He's
0: like, I don't know if I could do the beard. That's the only thing. I could definitely do the full face like McCarthy. I could do uh, the aviators, um, but I don't know about the beard. Does the I, beard I wish not grow
1: it. out? Does your beard not grow out like a normal man's beard? We, or like we
2: all something? tried that. We all did it a, week, a year ago I, at this. You know season. what yeah, the thing nice. is?
0: You know what COVID taught us. The normal man's beard is actually closer to Greg's beard or my beard, which kind of exists in this in between realm. I think you had a fuller beard for sure. Wes was more in the well. Wes had a pretty good beard, I think. Yeah, I think he did. Um, yeah. but the, the man that yeah could he grow- was a mountain man, yeah. Yeah. Wes, Wes and Mark, you guys looked a little unruly. Yeah. The, uh, yes. The truly full beard, uh, that is a positive thing, but the negative thing about having a full beard and this thing I, I'm, I, I'm happy about in my own life is that I'm noticing even men that I've known for years and years and years, you just, these men, you keep on getting hairier and hairier and hairier right. and hairier and hairs popping up in all different areas of your body. And it's just wild. Uh, so the guy that, the guys that have the big mountain beard, it looks good. It looks masculine, but you're paying for it typically elsewhere on the bod. Wait,
1: so you, so you in your forties, you're saying that no, like, well, I don't want to dive into it, but like that, that's not, that's not a, it's a credit to you that you're, or you sort of ha- it's not hairless a credit. or seal? It's like, like I can't like grow another... a
0: full beard, but I'm not like one of those guys that has like a hairy back and it's a, the whole thing's a mess.
1: Oh, sure. Now, who's like asking for that? Like the neck
0: like just hair pouring out of the back of the neck and everything. It's just like, what is going on with your body? You look like a wolfman. Like a lot control. of body
1: image things come in and out of vogue, but I don't think Harry back, and it's been probably hundreds of years since that's been a, All
0: right, let's get an this attraction back. point. I like that you came back for this show because Monday Night Football News, Mark Sessler. Hit it, Ricky. Former NFL quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning will take part in an alternate Monday Night Football broadcast over the next three seasons, the worldwide leader announced on Monday. That's like when Michael Jackson called himself the King of Pop. He just put out a press release one day in like 1991. Please refer to me as the King of Pop. ESPN, (laughs) please refer to us as the worldwide leader.
2: Deion Sanders, please (laughs) refer to me as Coach
0: Sanders. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you said, said that. That. Yes, I did say that. The Monday Night Football Megacast, as it's called, will air on ESPN2 for 10 games in each of the next three seasons and will include current and former NFL players and celebrities joining the Manning brothers on the broadcast. There is no host in place yet, but my agent will be placing a call. <laughs> and this is a statement uh, from Peyton Manning. He's got a statement out, Sessler. Here it is. This partnership with ESPN and the Walt Disney Company reflects an ongoing shared commitment to offering fans fun, innovative content. ESPN Plus has been a terrific partner for Omaha Productions as we built out the Places franchise, The Places. And we're excited to co-create a new megacast format that will have something for everyone. Yeehaw! I added the yeehaw. I mean, my first
2: reaction was like, "What's Brian Greasy thinking?" Because this isn't like you have to sign up and pay for ESPN Plus. Although it's on, I think I'm sure it'll be on that too. They're going to put it on ESPN
0: too, right? So that it's is like that is not a vote of confidence for your number one team, Levy, Greasy, Riddick, Salters.
2: And it's not it's not their fault. But if you're like Greasy, for instance, who you know, I know you, you, you like Dan. He did a solid job. They, they all did. It was you know, it was okay. It was a solid thing. Greasy is in that ninety-eight draft with Peyton Manning. It's like he 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 was like the sixth or seventh pick, you know, he's down in the third round. He's, you know, been out of the league for a while. He's like trying to earn his media career. And then here comes old Peyton Manning, who got taken right atop that draft again, <laughs> swooping in, and it's like that's I don't such. know, personally, I'm probably gonna watch that Manning thing and see how it is. Like then I'll then I'll out. then I'll adjust. But that's my first instinct is I know they're not at the game, which I do think hurts, but I I kind of want to hear what Peyton and Eli have to say, especially if like you know they're they're giving each other the business. Could be good. I mean, they've been testing this
1: out with ESPN with college football. Um, You know, the national championship game where they had coaches sitting around a table talking. I thought I I watched some of that and like I thought it was great. So I just think this is the way the way they're going. Where it's like we don't have to convince all viewers that our three man booth is the only way to observe. This event. Um, And I'm typically a little down on the Manning as comedic talent um, in commercials and stuff, but for this, I'd want to watch it. I do wonder though, because whenever you talk to guys that announce these games, like they spend hours and hours and hours breaking down film of the two opponents for that Monday night affair. Is that like Lewis Riddick is doing that without question. Are Eli and Peyton going to be like that? I mean, they're ultra competitors, so I would think so, but that is extremely time consuming. Is that their method or is it like, hey, let's just sit around and be us?
0: Uh, we'll see. And I, the one thing that got me nervous is them overstuffing the booth. You put in a capable, capable guy as the host. And you let Peyton and Eli do their thing, analyzing the game. They have natural chemistry, ob- obviously, as brothers. I don't need, like, Rob Riggle in the booth with him or <laughs> who's don't? the voice guy on Fox. Like uh, like Frank Caliendo doing his John Gruden impression and, and mucking it up. Or some ABC, you know, ESPN, ABC Disney family. It's like, oh, here's Anthony Anderson in for the second quarter. Like, you will chase me away immediately if you try to turn it into a promotional vehicle for your various various uh, Disney entities, just give me t- Peyton, Eli, and a guy that's steering the ship, and I think that would be, I think it's a really good idea. They can mess mm. it up so easily, though, and I think they will. Could we don't great. even
2: need the other Manning brother, the one that has, like, a gig at Fox, you know?
0: <laughs> Cooper. You, know who, you know who's Cooper. super excited? We, about, hey, uh, hey, Cooper. Hey, Cooper. <laughs> Cooper, what do you think, Cooper? <laughs> we don't need Cooper in there, but what we do need is uh, New York Post's, Andrew Machard, uh our our clicker guy Marchand doing Marchand, Marchand. doing constant columns about it. I mean yes. Marshawn, when he saw that, he was like, I never have to think of a column idea. Anytime I'm a little bit low, I just fire up the last espn two telecast. That's right, a sexy beat. Yep. he he's got a lot flying. to live with. Uh flying to a new destination, Melvin Ingram. Just talk about Melvin Ingram. He was on the street as of the beginning of this week, but not anymore. He signs with the Steelers, a one-year contract, and I know it, Sizzler. I know as a Browns fan who you think you got the Steelers by the throat, this is the type of signing that you worry is going to come back and haunt the rest of the AFC North in December, yay or nay?
1: You know, the note I'm looking at right here um, that I put down is this is the kind of signing that works for Pittsburgh. Yep. It just will. So I'm completely with you. And look, I know that he, um, he had no sacks last year in seven games and was injured the year before he's missed two. He's gone to IR with knee issues two years. So there's age, there's injury concerns. But there's also the fact that like he recorded the most pressures last year without a sack in seven games, 28. So I, this is not a player who's done. Um, I call I that a clowny, by they, the way. I call what? that a clowny. Clowny was the other. Yeah. Clowny was the other. Similar, and similar no,
0: but it is players. a clowny. If you any game where you lead with pressures and don't have a sack, you pulled a clowny.
1: You pulled he tied clowny, so he totally pulled a clowny. And did in he really most, tie clowny?
0: That is he so and clowny were tied okay. at the
1: top of the list yeah. with twenty eight. So you're dead on. I mean, I don't still if it doesn't work out. Um, they're still very thin at edge rusher. I mean, they're counting on guys who have not necessarily been. I mean, T.J. Watt, and then you've got. Alex Highsmith, they have a I rookie like Quincy Alex Highsmith. Roche. That
2: to me, that's you know, if Ingram's healthy, that's a good one, two, three. Highsmith right. is the starter. Ingram comes off the bench. Hopefully, you keep him healthy that way. He's also just a beast. And uh, they they lost Vince Williams, who wasn't like a great inside linebacker, but he just retired surprisingly this week. He was going to start for them. He kind of was that locker room like fire everyone up like beast guy. And Ingram seems like one of the best guys in the league for that. Like I've. I have, like, no player has ever made a bigger impression on me just hearing him talk in person two different times in Melvin Ingram. I just want to, like, run through a, th- through a wall. People hey. say that, though. It's like, what if I did run through a wall? <laughs> They'd be like, what the f*** are uh, you doing, well, Greg? What, are you going to be running through a wall, or just, I don't think that's the through <laughs> just, part is going to apply. You just would, yeah, you wouldn't get to run through hey, it. Hey, Fuck you, Greg. <laughs> you wouldn't go through it. You would just hurt yourself. And then everyone would be like, what are you doing? And be like, I don't I know-, know,
0: Melvin Ingram, I really like him. Yeah, <laughs> you do it for someone, and then the the person's like, wait, why did you just do that? Your life is effectively over now, the life you knew. Well, I did it for you! <laughs> I didn't ask you, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> and finally, some upsetting news. New York Jets assistant coach Greg Knapp, fighting for his life uh, after suffering severe injuries in a bicycle accident, uh, he was on his bike riding it near... His home in Danville, California, 58 years old. He was struck by a single motorist at 2.49 p.m. Uh, the motorist, thankfully, uh, cooperating with authorities, drugs and alcohol, not a factor. Uh, so it just sounds like a horrible accident. And uh, God, those type of things are when you're like, and, and hopefully Knapp pulls through this. And he was a new addition to the Robert Sala staff. He was working with the quarterbacks and assistant coach. Um, he was going to be working a lot with Zach Wilson, and hopefully he will down the line, but just those type of things are like a guy going for a run or riding on a bike and a car clips him or hits him. Uh, you just never know when things can change. Yeah, the Best one thing that maybe.
1: I I thought about that was listening to Steve Weish. Um, again, I was watching Network yesterday, but Steve Weish, um very like commenting about about him and this coach is one of the most popular guys around he's been around for a long time and it wasn't just other coaches it was like journalists coming out of the woodwork to say how much um how great he had been to them over the years so that's what I mean, he was
2: steve he was steve young's coach back in the day he was peyton manning's coach in denver quarterback coach while he was breaking all those records it's the type of i swear like every friend i have that bikes a lot has some sort of Terrible accident, and it has it has scared me off of buying a bike. I've been wanting to buy a bike to drive, you know, to go around with my kids. I could do that around the neighborhood, you would think, but I don't know. This is like just seems like it always happens.
0: Best wishes to Mr. Knapp. All right, that's what's happening in the news. All right, as promised. Listen, yeah, it was. Listen, you a little peek behind the curtain. Sometimes a segment comes together easily, an idea comes out, and everybody's on board with it. Sometimes. These things are labors of love, you know it's like you have your first you have your whole life to write your first album, it becomes a hit, and then you have six months to write your second and sometimes that's what it feels like when the the sand is is just falling through the hourglass. And in this case, I just kept on sending like C plus after C plus segment idea at the, <laughs> no, at, at the guys. And I was like, I was hoping one of you guys would throw one back, throw me a life preserver. But well, I, we, I just kept chucking them out. We do it the day before
2: you. then. By the time it's like an hour <laughs> no. before the show, I'm driving kids to camp and it's tough. Uh, you can't, you know, you're well, driving. Well, wait a minute. I threw in the out an idea. Early you did as well. Morning. I
1: throw out an idea, and Dan's response was, "Actually, I'm looking for an idea with some pops." So I was like, "All right, I'm out." Like, I, no, you but know, yours, been thrown out it, no, as it worked out?
0: Mine was, mine weren't really any better than yours. But then I, yours was fine. Especially you first, you're off the IL. You know, we're easing you back into action. Sure. Anyway, came down on this. Uh, what do you do? Well, You got some stakes. All right, let's add some stakes into this thing. Your life's on the line. Okay, and you need to pick a player in our league who will have his greatest season ever. And if you're not right, it's out. You're done. Time's up. The sand is through the hourglass for you, my friends. So with that in mind, one guideline. And uh, Greg, you were were pitching on text, and it was already in my mind, so we're on the same page on this one. It cannot be a player uh, who's entering a second season because it's very natural for a rookie to take the jump and have his quote-unquote best year in year two. It has to be someone year three or beyond that Their best season, and the stakes couldn't be higher. If it's not his best season, we're out of (laughs) here. Mark, welcome back. You're in the fryer. You're up first.
1: All right, I'm going to go with a player who I think is an ultra talent, but has missed 21 games over the last two seasons. Mm, Um, Risky, because an injury pretty much ends your life here. Well, that's true. (laughs) What what we've seen of this player, though, suggests um, that he could be the best in the league and that is Derwin James. And here's what I like about Derwin James this season. Um, It is Brandon Staley. And, you know, I was watching the Flying Coach podcast with Peter Schrager, and he had Mike Tomlin on. And Mike Tomlin said, when you're a coach, like... It's one thing to take like C players and turn them
0: into Mark's B players. Mark's going
1: down. We're going to lose him.
0: <laughs> oh, is this is, what we're doing with this? The guys missed like uh, 27 of his last 32 games. But keep going, Mark. Well, I would, say, no,
1: I would say this, though. if His rookie year alone, I mean, people were comparing him to some of the great
0: yes.
2: defensive backs of all time. And if, if, if he does not return. But that's a return... reason not to pick him for this exercise because he was a first-team All-Pro. That is the bar. He has yeah. to have his best season He's ever. He's got to beat that rookie year. Let me finish my point here, and I will explain, okay? <laughs> what Tomlin said, though, the
1: key to to, to really becoming a next-level coach is keeping your A players at A level or better. And I really think if you look at what Brandon Staley did with Aaron Donald and Jerilyn Ramsey a year ago, it got him a job because of what he did. I mean, the whole league, by the end of the year, looked realized this is a defensive wizard. So I think a Derwin James paired with Brandon Staley in that defense, and you go back to what, what Derwin James, the way he was creatively used – in that first Lamar Jackson playoff game where the Ravens lost to the Chargers, there are just signposts that tell me is not only going to be that player, but that player plus more. I think he's probably super motivated motivated to come back. They picked up his fifth-year option, which says a lot to me. I cannot wait to see. You know that I'm high on Brandon Staley. The pairing of Staley and Derwin James is going to create, I think, one of the better stories of the league. And there'll be no looking back to the rookie season saying he wasn't who he was as a rookie. It'll be paired with the fact that he came back from what he's come back with, the way he's used. Here, it's going to happen to me. It's going to happen, I promise you, right now.
0: Are you uh, a kind of a casket guy or more like an urn guy?
1: No, I would not want to be put into, I would not want to be put below the ground um, at all. Urn. all right, that all
0: right, feels all right. very old school. But that's to a me. good like, call, though. That's a good call, Mark, because Derwin James, if he does get back, no. you just worry about the nature of the injuries, the lower it's body. Not a good call. Is he just going to be, um, even if he is healthy, which is a huge if. Did he lose that magic that was in his legs, that lower half that the the football gods were just not on board with him?
1: There is some risk. And if if he if he's failed again, then I'm suddenly taken out by a female assassin walking down the streets of El Segundo. You know why. But um, I am betting on a healthy season.
2: No, I love I loved the instincts. I love Derwin James. I love you, Mark, though, so I want to see you alive. And so I think for I took this exercise literally, and I think you don't yeah. want a guy that sets such a high bar. He was the first-team All-Pro. He, he was getting yeah. some thoughts of, like, defensive player of the year. So he was, like, maybe the best safety in the league already. And is he going to, like, warm up to this season a little bit as he gets over the injury? The one thing I love, though, is you're right, Staley and that system has made safeties way better. If you think about Vic Fangio where Staley, you know, who we learned from you know eddie jackson in chicago justin simmons in denver and then staley last year with john johnson got him paid that part of it makes sense it's kind of Bingo. a safety centric offense that part of it makes sense so i hope he stays healthy and that you stay healthy my friend.
0: i miss my uncle mark you're up next greg
2: all right i i took it more um like trying to be safe here so i was life like, and well, death if we can't yeah, it's life and death. If we if we can't do second-year players, I'll go third because um, that's less years to try to improve upon. And I'm going to go Deontay Johnson of the Steelers, who I like I've it. always loved. And... Everyone always talks about his drops. He almost got benched last year because of his drops. It's like, that's like T.O. Forever they talked about T.O.'s drops. It's like To drop that many passes, you've got to be open all the time. And Deontay Johnson is open all the time. He's a, he's a favorite of our uh, friend Matt Harmon in reception. perception. I just love watching him The after the catch, before the catch. He's going to be there. And his high right now is 900 yards last year. And he was a guy who, when it's going, he gets 10, 15, 20 targets. I like Clay- Chase Claypool a lot, but I think... Johnson is the number one. I think they'll throw him a ton of passes. I feel like he clears that bar, and he clears it by enough where this doesn't feel like I'm trying to cheat. You know, he goes 1,300 yards, and he's like the clear one and has a monster year. I have a question, though.
1: I, for, specifically with this exercise, Greg is correct. I think he can surpass the yardage, what was like 923.
2: He had 88 catches. Sure, he's so got he to pass everything. He's gotta if have he had a 87, Greg is, Greg is off the earth. We're, I mean, if he goes 87 for 1250, you're taking me out. You're no. You're we're the, the
0: Mark. The other two guys are we're at the gates, St. Peter, and we decide. Only it's not heaven or hell. It's just you live or die. It's it's a little okay. bit of a labored metaphor, but it's it's in that realm. So we'll decide after the season. We'll we'll circle back. I mean, assuming back we're this alive. One. Like, this but what about the Ben tricky. Roethlisberger side of things? You don't, and the fact that they have Najee Harris there as their new running back. <laughs> Is it possible that this just is not going to be an ex- explosive passing offense at all? I think that's the biggest that's risk. risk. And the there's player, a lot of mouths sure. to field.
2: Claypool's good. I think Juju's almost underrated at this point. Uh, James Washington's good. They even, you know, they have Ebron at tight end. You're right, it's a lot of mouths to feed, but I, I think he goes Too risky for life or death. Check, Check, confu- Check actually got me. I almost retweeted this um, picture he sent out that Roethlisberger showed up to camp in a shirt that said, Sevenge, like seven revenge, and it was like the Roethlisberger revenge tour, and I was like, Oh, he is leaning into this. I love this. And then I realized, oh, Sheck just like got a Photoshop.
0: <laughs> did you see? Did you see in general <laughs> he got it? It's the end of his uh, the end of Ben's career is really just conversations about whether he's fat or not. Did you see how he's he looks good. in the shirt? He yeah. looks pretty tight, looks pretty right. I wouldn't I don't know if it's Tom Brady tight. Uh, because no. we were told that his fitness regimen was even better than Tom's or his diet, um, but he looks like he's ready for the season.
1: What? Well, one thing it, about that bothers me though. Like why? All these people tracking the fatter thing. He did. There were times when he ballooned a little bit. What are we asking him to be like a hundred and forty-eight pound breatharian? I mean, he is a larger boned. Human playing quarterback. That just well. Who he also is. his
2: shirt said the word different on it. This was not photoshopped. So he he is one of those guys. I think he knows he's going to have a lot of pictures of him being taken in that walk to the up to the first training camp, and he wears a shirt different, and he's looking good in it.
0: So I think you're both <laughs> done for based on your first two picks. For, uh, for diff- Mark, Jeez. you sh- you really shot for the stars, and Greg, I was kind of with you, and then Greg made the the correct point about. The, how great, truly great Dermon James was as a rookie. So you have to get past that bar. And then, Greg, I think there's so many reasons why the Steelers' passing attack... What, well, it's going to uh, be worse than a year ago? Why? It, there's, yeah. Well, there's... Yeah, it could be. Absolutely could be. Uh, but let me give you one, Greg. Damian Harris. Yeah, boy. Third year. Gotcha. Wasn't used a lot as a rookie. He right. He, he
2: didn't even play
0: as a rookie. Third, he was hurt. I mean, this is,
1: this is safe, but okay.
0: Of course it is. My life's on the line.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Third year, great staff from PFF. The three, the three highest graded running backs according to that analytics site. Number one, Derrick Henry. He better be. Number two, ahead of Dalvin Cook, Damian Harris. And you know what? I get it because the whole thing with PFF is studying every snap. And Damian Harris is one of those guys that passes the the sniff test. You you watch him. You're like, this guy's just better than a lot of running backs. He is, uh And he hasn't had that true breakthrough season. But if you watch last season, his ability to run through tacklers, just be someone that you don't want to have to deal with once he hits the hole, uh, it was all there. And he got beat up last year. I think he had an injury that slowed him. He missed uh, six games last year. Yeah, he yes. barely
2: didn't play at all as a rookie because of injury, basically.
0: Right. So that is, I mean, that is my risk really more than anything. But I think he's the clear number one guy in a New England offense that is really trying to piece some things together right now with Cam Newton still there, and now Mac Jones in the mix. You get the idea. This is going to be a run-heavy offense with a guy Harris. That Belichick, I think he trusts him. He says, "I'm going to give you the rock, give you the chance to be that dude." And I could, I could see a 1,300 yard season coming out of it. A Corey Dillon-esque season uh, for Damian Harris in year three, and my life's on the line, and I feel decent about it.
1: I, I think you're fine. I mean, this is—I I wouldn't call this like Joseph Campbell-like hero's journey stuff. He has to surpass. Six hundred and ninety-one yards. I mean, I for think it's to, smart. To, He's it's got a family. Live. He's got a
2: family to worry about. It's but I, I, if more you get sense. the extra. I can find a running back. Great that had Five hundred and twenty yards last year. You know, add Trent Brown. uh a when you looks good. You know, they've got a on paper. They might have uh, one of the best run blocking lines in the league. That's kind of how they're
0: built. And to your point, Mark. Yeah, you could say I'm playing it safe. But again, the stakes are as high as the stakes could possibly be here. My life is on the line. And B, I don't think he's going to run for seven hundred and four yards at four point oh a pop. I think he's going right. to have a big season. Uh, that's going to there won't be any need to even study the two years. It's like oh, that was his big breakout year, Greg. I think you're doing some type of making the leap piece for the .dot com. I hope Damian Harris is a part of it. Otherwise, you're just you're you're thinking too much. No, he is. He's on yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go around one more time, Mark. I hopefully hopefully you have protected yourself a little bit more. Uh, with your second choice.
1: Um, I actually came up with one that was extremely controversial uh, in terms of the fact that no one would buy it, but I'm going to go with what I would consider the safer of the three options I came up with, and that is Joe Mixon. Um, And this is no home run. This is no home run. He's never topped 1,200 yards, but he's come close. But last year, he was on pace when he got hurt in week six for 1,600 yards. Do not play the funeral music just yet. I think this is the situation... You've got a healthier offense. Mark You're going to have Joe Sistner. Burrow. You've got no Giovanni <laughs> Bernard. And I have a little bonus, a little bonus um, nugget here. I think Giovanni Bernard down in Tampa Bay, I tried to get this out during our West Hollywood broadcast, um, will have the biggest passing receiving year of his entire career. And he's had a couple good ones as Tom Brady's James you need James these White. both to
2: happen?
0: Both What's are happening. Why are we difficulty? talking about Gio Bernard?
2: Both are happening. The
1: two former teammates will now both have. But for, Wait, for back Bernard. Back to Joe Mixon. For
2: Bernard, it's a nugget. If <laughs> you have a basically Mark has a death wish. Like, he needs to feel alive. He's like, sorry, Simone. I just had to add Gio to the mix to make it Mark, not, twice as hard. Mark, this is
0: not. This is not Groundhog Day. You don't. Okay. You, the lights don't go out and you wake up in your bed at 6 a.m. with I just, and SharePoint. It's an not going to happen.
1: If Mixon does not eclipse twelve hundred yards, I think he is he is an easy candidate to do that if easy. he stays healthy. Easy because there's really no competition for him there. There isn't like a clear like he is the guy. And I think that with Joe Burrow, um, you know, healthy, there's going to be a lot like more way to confuse a defense. I mean, their passing game is they have one of the best wide receiver duos out there. And so that to All me right. looks like it's a good setup for Mixon. Um, he'll have his best year. I will live.
0: Full disclosure. When I was doing my research for this segment, I did think about Mixon. And the reason I thought about it is because I've written on the .com that he, to me, is a long-shot, uh, superstar club-type guy. He's a guy that I feel like could have a big year. But there are just so many reasons why it won't happen. Uh, again, injury risk is a big thing. He missed half of last season uh, with a lower body injury. Um, so you have that to contend with you have a, a, a makeshift offensive line. They they famously passed on uh, Penny Su- Sewell in yeah. favor of the wide receiver. And I, I know a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it was fine. That's good. If the wide receiver is great, it's going to be awesome. But uh, if Chase is not an absolute stud and Sewell turns into a rock um, on the end of the uh, offensive line in Detroit, you're going to think to yourself, my God, how did you how did you look that gift horse in the mouth? And walk away. Uh, and then it's like the coaching staff. I don't.
1: What well, do we that's know? fair. Well,
0: we've talked about this totally anonymous coaching staff the Zach Taylor has done nothing to show that he's a true um, coaching tree dude off the Sean McVay tree that you can trust. There's just, these are all reasons why it won't. And with your life on the line, I feel like getting involved with the Bengals is never a good idea.
1: It's tricky. One I will say though though like if you're gonna say that injuries from a year ago are predictive or potentially a problem, like again, he was on pace for sixteen hundred yards on the ground, three hundred through the air, then he got injured. So I mean there was the production too. And I'm with you, the coaching staff is slightly <laughs> oh my anonymous. God, Mark, but stop I'm gonna to have to hope that it. they form an identity. What was that?
0: <laughs> oh my God, Mark, stop it.
2: Well, wow. I mean, I I actually, I totally buy you with Mixon. That, that's why it's like, I totally am with you on Mixon. That's going to just make it all the more painful when you're like in week 15. Oh wait, Gio Bernard has like 200 yards, uh, you know, for the season on the Bucks. Why did I add that uh, unnecessarily?
0: No, I feel more strongly thing.
1: about that point, And I think that will go down as a historical, as well, um, accurate, historically b- bombshell that I've just dropped. It will you should happen.
0: have gotten behind that random white, Joe Funk. Mark, you're so crazy. Don't
1: get me started on funk.
0: <laughs> All right, Greg, how about you? Mark, Look, I'm Jeff, very worried about you. Jeff, I'm funky. worried. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
2: worried. Um, this one, <laughs> so I, full I feel, of life right now. <laughs> I feel a little safer about this one uh, than my first one. It's a fourth-year player. It's tight end Dallas Goddard um, rising up to a top-five tight end type of player. Uh, I think he's that good. I think he's been in tough situations. Zach Ertz is you know, expected to be on his way out, and Goddard's – Career best numbers were in 2019, 58 for 607 and five. To me, he could be the number one there. I know, you know, I know Devonte Smith is going to get a lot of run, but Jalen Hurts, you know, not not maybe the most accurate guy deep into the outside. Like he's going to be feeding his boy Goddard. There's no Hurts there. I could see him like going over a thousand. I feel I feel confident about Dallas Goddard.
1: I like this it is, a lot. It makes total sense. Good. There is this though. There were reports even this morning though that Ertz um, is likely to stay. Now they're just reports,
2: but it's not an absolute that he's out the door. It's a good point. He is still showing that that whole thing fizzled, and he is showing up to training camp. I I, I kind of figure they'll they'll find a spot for him or even cut him by the time uh, we get. What is
0: Goddard's high? What's his high water mark? Fifty-eight touch
2: for six, oh seven, and five. You know, that's not, that's okay, but that, I think, I think he's def I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl type of player where he's, he's skying well above that. And, and I do think he really does have the talent. Like, he, he can block a little bit, and that's great. People like to talk about that, but he really is a good downfield Kittle type of player that I don't think as you know, he's not Kittle, but I I don't think he's maxed out his ability.
0: Does Ertz, well, Ertz, if Ertz is there and healthy, it's a little bit share, of a problem. Do they share the field or are they going to be splitting snaps a lot?
2: I think Goddard is going to be the one, regardless. I mean, Goddard put up five twenty-four last year, despite missing five games. So I'm baking in a little bit of okay. safety. All he would have to do is really keep going what what he was doing last. You year. Did, you had the he lowest version
1: games. of Ertz last year, who was hurt the entire time. Right. and I think everyone is ready to like th- like throw him off the
2: earth, but if he's healthy, that was he, the he first factor, time Goddard you know? got hurt. So he doesn't like have a history of it. Right. Um You know, he, he had two healthy seasons before that. So if he, you know, to me, he should get eight hundred falling out of bed
0: I have, I agree with you Mark I've been saying that on this show off season Zach Ertz the disrespect thrown the man's way like he can't he can't play anymore maybe he, he could, can't he
2: couldn't last year maybe it was just an injury thing well, that's and his back's mean, gonna suddenly it, be healthy but he maybe couldn't last year he did not look healthy
0: he's, he's also a, a proud man an athlete a champion that perhaps he'll want to shut some of the Rosenthal's of the uh, football community up.
2: (laughs) Oh, I mean, he shut me up uh, in that Super Bowl. How about, you know, what he did on the biggest plays?
1: Right in front of us, baby. Yeah, but you're talking
2: again. So he's going to have to shut
1: you up again.
0: That was right in front of us, Greg. We were in (sighs) that second level there in Minneapolis, and he reached over that goal line mmm daddy if
2: only i didn't have like the greatest (laughs) comeback in super bowl history the year before and then a sixth super bowl to top it off like old school you know the next year to really just sandwich that tough memory i mean
0: fair enough all right finally uh kyler murray let's go oh let's go third year he was on pace for if he didn't get hurt, if he doesn't hurt his shoulder on Thursday Night Football last year, I'm not doing this because I think his numbers. He probably would have ended up throwing for close to 43, 44 hundred yards. He would have went over 30 touchdowns. Uh, his rushing numbers would be even better than they were, and they were excellent. Um, so again, and this is a this is a this continues to pop up in this conversation. Uh, health. A lot of these guys are tied to health, and if Murray entering his age 24 season and his third season in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, an offense that I think is solid, uh, maybe not spectacular, but it's solid. I think he has a very good chance uh, with his skill set as a former number one overall pick to have a Lamarian type season uh, in year three, and I think he has the chance to do something no one has ever done, which is go 4,000, 1,000 in a season, throw for 4,000 yards, run for 1,000. That's at the high end of this. Uh, but even if he's a step below that, I still think he could throw for around 4,000 yards, throw for 30 touchdowns, which he's never done, uh, add the six, seven or 800 yards in the ground and another five or six scores, and clearly develop to the point where, was, yo, year three was the best we've seen from Kyler Murray yet. Get behind superstars entering their prime if your life's on the line, and that's what I'm doing.
2: Makes sense. I think it's pretty safe. I think you're counting on some people I'm not totally sure about though to help you get over the line. Rondell Moore, everyone's excited about it, but he's like you know an undersized rookie. AJ Green and uh, Chase Edmonds maybe as their starting running back, and then Cliff Kingsbury as the key one. Like can can Kingsbury with Murray and this group around him, and you know I didn't mention Hopkins obviously, but I think you need those other guys to come through, and you need Cliff to help him out to make this safe. Because Murray did rack up those rushing yards last year, uh, and it was a pretty good season. Uh, but you need a little help from the other Cardinals, and Cliff, Cliff is kind of the guy uh, that I'd be most concerned about.
1: I mean, I would argue that if he just simply, to your point, Dan, I, he just wasn't able to do uh, Kyler Murray things for that later part of the season after their injury, and then the offense fell apart, even if the team is not great. Um, statistically, we're talking about him besting his statistics. I think he could do all that and more. Look at some of Matthew That's, Stafford's. His stats like,
2: weren't that bad, though. I mean, he goes thirty nine hundred, twenty six and twelve, uh, touchdown, interception, and eight hundred yards rushing. Pretty good, yeah. I think. He'll he he could pass twenty six though, and and maybe yep. even lower his picks. Right? Sure. I think I think it's a pretty safe. That. but um he, he did have a nice step forward as a year too it wasn't like the explosion but he did take a step last year for sure his
0: his step forward to to keep me alive in this exercise will come as a passer because he ran for 819 yards and 11 touchdowns last year that's really good that's yeah. awesome like beating that will be and if he does that and improves as a passer he is absolutely going to be in the mvp conversation but i just think that's the ceiling i think i'm just the kyler murray guy so
1: will, will that, Damian Harris doing. have more rushing yards than Kyler Murray? And will that impact your um, survival rate?
0: Well, if he matches Kyler Murray last year, I'll be safe because that will mm-hmm. be Damian Harris's greatest year. Well, we need him to, because you know, the, I'm not here to play hero ball, Sessler. I'm here right. to play live and raise my children ball. Zum, Zumwalt well, and all, the, the, all the Suns
2: fans, all the Phoenix fans out there, they need to pick me up. They need Murray to
0: come through after, uh, a heartbreaking NBA Finals. I know, Until the a, Cardinals, I know it was a nice run. It was. Zumwalt, he's doing okay. The Cardinals <laughs> Cardinals beat writers and all the people covering I get it. I'm going to give you a pass for this. the, you know, the summer months here um, because there's not a lot to write about, but we don't need any more A.J. Green, AJ Green profiles. Oh, not, thank not, you. Like, thank if, you. As I'm doing my research for this seg and I'm trying to like learn more about Kyler Murray's season, everything's just about uh, Kyler Murray thinking ah. A.J. Green's going to have a big year.
2: I hope I hope they're right like the there's no evidence on the field last year but I was really stunned how bad Green was. I always have been like an AJ Green as a Hall of Famer type of guy and is almost underrated for how dominant he was in a weird situation. It was ugly last year, but I want to hope that, you know, like
0: Mike McCarthy,
2: maybe he can he can um you know, show that aging men still have something in front of them. AJ <laughs> Green.
0: And I hope I hope that Kyler goes even a, a, a size greater with his helmet this year. <laughs> the giant helmet and that tiny body. I love it. What a combo. That's entertainment. Just the visuals. Wonderful.
2: <laughs> I'd like to see <laughs> you tell him he has a tiny body to his face. I mean, that guy, is, I'm sure, is
0: cut up. Is fit. Right. You know? Oh, no. F- like I, listen, that's why my life's fat. on the line. He's, he's probably got a, a tremendous bod. Uh, but that helmet just—it's—it throws everything out of whack. It's—it's—it just—it's hard to really get a, a grasp on his entire physical makeup because his helmet is the size of a refrigerator.
1: Yeah, very top heavy.
0: All right, <laughs> good stuff. Mark, are you gonna stick around? You're with us uh, for the network show tomorrow. Big network show, NFL Network the around the NFL broadcast Friday. I have 3, to. 3 I think PM. if I eastern no
2: 3 p.m pacific 6 p.m eastern check if it out. i didn't
1: show up to that i might start finally getting on the radar of management who i don't even think they know that i am part of the company but if you just continually don't show up to
2: assignments you've got issues so i mean they noticed those tweets that you had about going back to the office i know um some management figures definitely well
1: i've i've um was that so I've follow- i'm
0: i'm chilling on that
1: front doo-doo
0: <laughs> wait dude do- you you have talk. that on authority, good authority. With well, Greg, that uh, out on was, people's radar. It was radar?
2: sort of it was no more as a joking thing. Just like I don't think I don't think Mark wants to come back to the office. It seems. And then they're gonna <laughs> check
0: into today's show. And he's like, "Oh, Mark's back," and he's literally wearing a Hawaiian shirt. This guy's checked out. <laughs> he came with some great
2: analysis, and he put. His, he did. He definitely took some risks. Took some big risks. Big risks, right?
0: Costly ones. Watched NFL Network all day in preparation for today's show, and that shows that sessler's back and he's ready happy to be how you enjoy it mark We're we have a little mini book club going on we did on monday's show pop culture recommendations and i was singing the praises of the once upon in hollywood uh, once upon a time in hollywood book by tarantino um and we have a little mini book, book club me you gonzo yeah chopping it up um this must be nice because you are the biggest fan of tarantino's picture uh of all well, and also not only that but um you know, because
1: uh, Colleen will be traveling for training camp, we actually, you know, the book centers somewhat around the Sharon Tate murders. We're, we're the three of us are going to go watch the film together at Gonzo's sort of lush seaside um, uh, kingdom and watch the movie together on the night of those of that event. But the book, I think, on is the, uh, the book was yeah. excellent. Um, you guys had some some minor issues with some of the the chapters, but you know what? I get every time I talk about this, and I get someone tweeting me. It's like. You guys always talk about this this movie and this book, and I read it and I hate it. I, can, I don't care if you. It's not my Sticking issue. Stick it up your ace. Right, it's not my issue. Um, I think he is. Here's what's concerning for most um authors. He wrote his first novel, Tarantino, and it's better. It's more inventive and obsessive and well written than 96 percent of any books I've ever read. So you know, check ooh. yourself at the door. Um, and Greg is shaking his head. But Greg, read it. He I did is, not shake my head
2: at all. Oh, I was you just saying like, a little like, suspicious. Ooh.
1: But it's like no. he, um, he honestly is an incredible writer, and I think it was a
2: huge notebook dump. Um, I, if you're into it, I would read it now. I was Don't more wait. saying ooh at the, the turn, because I got that you were annoyed with people criticizing you for talking about it, but then you just flipped it on the whole novelist industry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rick Take out the out. <laughs> All
0: right, we'll be back on Friday and then two more shows next week. Thank you to everybody for listening, and remember, always... Eat the call uh, Eric it's it was so funny Eric I was just about to type to you to hit the music like at that very moment uh, it time this time